This is the Two Girls Talking Podcast. That's not even what you're supposed to say. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Hi, Abigail. I just came from a really interesting uh, exercise class. Oh yes, tell me about tell me about your exercise class of the day because every day you go to a different bizarre class. Yes, well, which this, is very Los Angeles. It is very way. LA, and I try specifically. I go with Kat, who uh, is a friend of mine in LA, and I specifically try to. Sorry, we're like hitting things right now. I don't know what's we're, happening. So we are in my closet. <laughs> Um, just like Sarah Koenig, Mm -hmm. um, on Serial, when she goes to Adnan's trial, when they do the interstitial podcast, yeah, I hate that season, because she's like, talks about how she's in the closet so much, so let's move on from that topic. (laughs) So yes, we're in my closet, and my closet is big enough for us to be in here, but not really big enough. For us to be ourselves in here. Which apparently is very expressive with lots of hand gestures. Yes, because we both, in the 30 seconds we've been recording, have hit our wrists on different (laughs) objects. objects. Perfect. There's also a lot of objects in my closet because I'm a hoarder. Joke life. Um, So, yeah, so I do class pass, which is this fantastic thing I love where you can go to a ton of different exercise classes and pay an exorbitant amount of money for the pleasure of doing so. So because it is so expensive and you can go to any class you want, I pick the most Beverly Hills nonsensical classes I possibly can. And sometimes it works out great and you're on top of like a skyscraper running around the roof and hoping nobody like pushes you off or something because it would be a great crime. And maybe I think about that while I'm doing that instead of actually exercising correctly. I can't ever do all the exercises on any of these classes. So I do like 80% and then pretend I'm like too tired to do the rest. Like I'm really thinking about how I'm going to do the next exercise. Anyway. You're, like, gearing up. It's, like, child's pose. Yeah, I'm, like, oh, just taking a break here while I really think about how I'm going to run, like, super fast in, like, a second. That was me today when I bailed on all three errands I was going to do. Uh-huh. And I, I kept being, like, just taking a break. Just just a little breather here, and then I'm going to get back into yeah. it. Uh, yeah, so I, I do most classes about 80% of the way. Nice. So the class I went to today was a real 1950s throwback, I would call it, because it was called Plate Fit. And you stand on a vibrating platform. Each person has their own vibrating platform that kind of looks like a weird, like, scale. Uh, like you, a scale at a fair. Yeah, like that you might weigh yourself on, like, a joke scale. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, well, guess your weight. So, like, yeah. And only yeah. you're really hoping it doesn't. Right. So. A scale. Plate fit. Yes. You're on the vibrating scale and you do, like, aerobics. So you do jumping jacks and then you do, like, weightlifting. Can I make a comment about plate fit? Sure. Uh, so I used to work at this company where we worked with early stage startups and oftentimes these startups came in and they only had an idea. They didn't even have a brand name or anything yet. So we would try to like, one of the things we would do is try to come up with a name, um, and figure out what name fit the product and worked in stuff. Uh And plate fit is definitely one of the things that would have come about in a brainstorming session where we're just yelling words and like kind of jamming them together to see if anything works. Gym plate, gym move, Uh vibro gym. Fit, fit. Fit, 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 form, fit, wheel, fit, plat, fit, fit scale, platform, fit, right. and then and then we would have vetoed. Hey plate man, fit. I didn't name it. That's all Don't, I'm saying. I'm not endorsing it. You're looking at me with some serious like contention right now, and I did not name this studio. So, anyway, uh, I'm about to get what's to what plate fit is actually about. 
which is okay. So we did the boot camp. And then we did something, we stayed later for something called like cellulite fit or something, because of course we did. That sounds awesome. Because you get to go for free to the next thing. Yeah, sure. So, you know, we signed up for each class is only half an hour long because your muscles are vibrating so much from doing your exercises that you can't do a full hour of it. It's so hard. Is this a real thing? Yeah, no, it totally is. Like, it's a legitimate, like, science y whateverness. Maybe. Sure. But I mean, I don't know. There's some pseudoscience, at least. So. I'm on the plate thing. I'm doing my jumping jacks and all that. And yes, yeah, so we do the half hour of that. And then we do the cellulite thing. And I should have been tipped off as to what was going on because she closed the door and then drew all the shades <gasps> in the room. And then she was like leading us. Th- and it's called like Pilates or something like that. It's called something very strange. And I was like, okay, Pilates. Like I do this a lot. I can get into this. And then they have you like sit down on the platform and uh, to like, you know, get the, the cellulite out of your butt or whatever. But it's kind of a sexual experience, I would say. Inappropriate. I know. I'm sorry. But I had to. I had to. We didn't even make the earmuffs announcement. Oh, dear. All right. Should I just say it's an erotic experience? Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so We're... that seemed odd. And I was there with my friend, which made it seem even odder. We looked at each other like, should like, what's going to happen to us? What, like, or should we leave? Like, this is really weird. And then she has you, like, lay down so that your, like, legs are just on the vibrating platform. And she comes over and starts, like, massaging <gasps> your legs, which was great and felt amazing. Okay. But then they make you do that to, like, the front side of your thighs and then your butt again. And, like, they're, you know, they're trying to, like, vibrate away all the fat or something. And that's the part that seemed really strange. But it was definitely, like, she's like, this is so relaxing. I just want you to really relax and really just, like, this is your time. So, anyway, that was my odd experience of the day. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your plate fit experience. Of course, anytime. Erotic as it might be. Unfortunately. On this family podcast. Sure, I apologize. I found a job for you. <gasps> it's a very cool job, and I just saw it posted by the British monarchy. The British monarchy, by the way, is the best social media account by well, far. then you're going to love this. Did you see, what's her face? Princess Kate. Uh, yes, I see The every... Duchess of Cambridge. I see Did every... you see her India fashion? Yes, I sent you the article about it. I don't think so. I did. Anyway, everyone rushes to share Kate news. Yes. I think it's, it's, the moral the, of the story. it's the only news that matters. Actually, why don't we have, like, Duchess podcast? Oh. Wait, is there already one? Because oh my I just, just want to... Oh, oh, okay, so when we were doing user discovery for this product that I worked on a long time ago, yes. I found an entire website devoted to all royals, not just them, but to, uh-huh. like, also the royals of Sweden. Yes. And, like, it was called, like, like, the weird random rich oh, princes all of, of them. And it was called, like, Northern Royal Europe. Watch or something, and I got so into it, and I told Andy all about it, my former co-worker, and she was like, you want to go work for Royal Watch or whatever? And I was like, yes, I, I want that more than anything. It'd be so fun. Oh, it, it was all just posting pictures of weddings, like expensive weddings. It was the best. Ridiculous weddings. Amazing. A marriage of two countries. I know. Like, I would watch The Princess Diaries right now, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board. I like real royals, though. I feel like there's something so magical about I'm them. sorry. Do you think Genovia isn't real? <laughs> now I don't know how to proceed because you presented me with a terrifying dilemma. <laughs> Do you not know Genovia is not real? Should I not have said that? If Julie Andrews no. is the no, queen's grandmother. Grandmia. <laughs> Dear grandmother. By the way... When we launched our podcast officially on social media uh-huh. uh, yesterday. Julie Andrews liked it. No, 
Oh, in, I've lost you know, interest you know, in <laughs> I wish. You know on Facebook how it can say, like, what you're doing? Like, I'm feeling excited, mm-hmm. or I'm celebrating my birthday, or I'm I saw bored. that you said you're celebrating the Queen's 90th birthday. <laughs> that was an option, and I was like, yes, always. Yes. I was like, they should just automatically assign this to every status anyone posts I'm today. I'm celebrating the Queen's 90th and one day birthday. Like, every day is just another, I, yeah. A celebration, yes. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about the job. Okay, so it is in the private secretary's office in the branch of Royal Communications. Wow. Um, in Buckingham Palace. So it's a permanent <sighs> position, so you're going to need to think about it. Um, the salary per annum is not the best, but I think you could probably get them up a little bit. Um, it is being the... Well, do you get to live in the palace? I don't think so. You're just the head of digital engagement, which I think means you do, like, Instagram posting. But probably you have to live in the palace. The role of royal communications is to engage a worldwide audience with the public role and work of the royal family. Oh, I want that so So what you do is you cover up all of Harry's mistakes by just posting a picture of him, like, you know, off helping somewhere. Yeah. No, it's perfect. I mean, he does a lot of that. No, I know. They all do a lot because of Diana. I think, like, especially the the two boys do a lot of work, but boys. The two full-grown royal men. Yeah. Our men. Our men. Whether you're covering a state visit, award ceremony, or royal engagement... I still ship Pippa and Harry. Well, you might be covering a royal engagement, I hear, so hold on. Whether you're covering a state visit, award ceremony, or royal engagement, you'll make sure our digital channels consistently spark interest and reach a range of audiences. Um, it sounds amazing. There's a lot of requirements, fast-paced, deadline-driven environment. I think you can handle it, though, and I'm probably going to submit you for it if you don't submit yourself. Man, that sounds so amazing. Do you know what... 33 days annual leave. I'm moving to England. (laughs) It makes me want to watch The Queen, because that was so... Free lunch! It's like, how far have they come from, like... Their involvement with the media uh-huh. then and then now having this position. Yeah. With free lunch. Free lunch. And you get to work in Buckingham Palace. I'm uh, sorry. I want that so bad. It's such a cool job. I don't think I'm qualified. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it's that hard. It sounds really hard, actually. But, you know. I mean, the good news is you have a million pictures. Actually, it sounds like all stuff that we do in our regular jobs. Oh, I know. I think I could do it. I just don't think I'm qualified. I think they're looking for, like, someone who was, like, Head of well, the New a, York British, Times. probably. Oh, yeah. No. But then, but if Understand they were going to the take an American, if they were going to take American, it'd be, like, Donna Moss. Mm-hmm. So, John, should we do some sort of synchronized... What's our history or mystery? I mean, we could. I don't think it would play well. Let's try it. Okay, what do you want to say? Let's just say that. Okay. What's What's our our history history or mystery? I think that was pretty terrible, but it was kind of cute. It blew up our levels, so at least people can hear us. For once. All right. Go ahead. Should we note that you guys are having drinks? No. I'm having wine from a giant goblet. Yes, like an empress. Like the empress I am. Yes. How are they? It's uh, it's my first booze in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is uh, everything I hoped it would be. It's my ber- first booze in 24 hours, so pretty good. Oh. I went over to someone's house last night for a party, and when I showed up... Book no, club? Are we calling book it club was, a party it now? It was book club, but they decided no one read the book, which was The Class by Sloane Crossley. No one read it, which was revealed on Monday. Book club was on Tuesday. 
So the leader of the book club said, why don't we watch Too Fast, Too Furious and set? And every single person was like, yes, that's a way better idea. Let's do that. Um, so I show up at Sounds like, like a real highbrow book club. <laughs> we have a bad book club too where we read um, trashy memoirs by teenage soap stars and stuff like that. Ooh. Which is way more fun and that has total buy-in. Like 20 people come everyone to Everyone reads it? Yeah, everyone reads it. Like we're reading a really trashy book right now called Video Vixen. It's amazing. Oh yeah, you posted a picture somewhere of this. Yes. So, um... Anyway, so everyone comes to that one, but nobody comes to the real book club. So I thought I would show up, and I was late, and um, no one else was there, so I had some wine with the book club lady. Who No one came to her Too Fast, Too Furious party? No, and she asked me when I got there, very gamely, she was like, well, do you want to watch Too Fast, Too Furious? And I said, no, I really don't. Oh, that's a sad story. She was okay with it. Why did you bring this sad story to our podcast? I don't know. I thought it was a funny story. I guess it's kind of sad. Anyway, what's our history or mystery? Mystery. I'm doing the emoji with the hands. Oh. Since you're enjoying your cocktails, it has to do with the Jonestown Massacre. Oh. You're going to have to be a little louder and closer. Watch your levels. Um, Jonestown Massacre. I know that there's a band called the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Um, I... I don't Now really... I want to do a history mystery about the band. I haven't heard of it, but I want to know, like, is his name Brian Jones? Is his name Brian Jones Town? How did he come to this band name? I don't know. I know that, I feel like the, um, there's another band that was in competition with them, but now I can't remember their name either, so what a great mystery and history. <laughs> is it like the Mayflower Surprise? Uh, no, I don't think that's the name of the band. Wow, you are laughing so hard for that. I just, it, suddenly I had this idea for a high school musical movie uh-huh. where it's like Battle of the Bands, uh-huh. so it's a little edgier than standard high school musical. It's it's Band Slam. There's a movie like that. Oh. My friend Josh wrote it. Oh, well. With Vanessa Hudgens. Maybe it should be starring Mayflower Surprise and Brian Jamestown Massacre. Just, Massacre. Just some ideas. Okay, Jamestown Massacre was... Jonestown. Mm. Not Jamestown, because Jamestown is Plymouth. Now I know why you're confused. Oh. Yeah, Jamestown is not Jonestown. <laughs> no, well, it's in, now I don't know anything. It's in Texas, right? Or is that Waco? Because, um, like, I thought maybe, I thought Jonestown Massacre was like maybe, yeah, the Waco thing. And there was like a compound and people drank Kool-Aid. And the, the government went in with guns and stopped everyone. Is she warm? I would like to say she's halfway there, kind of. Okay, so not close at all. So not not Texas. Oh, no, I mean, you're hitting, like, the point, the direction of the story, but it's, I'm sure... But there's no Kool-Aid, there's no no Waco. Well, we'll see. I mean, what are your thoughts about it? What do you think the Jonestown Massacre is? I thought it was the Jamestown Massacre. So you thought it occurred in Plymouth times, (laughs) and it was, like, a bunch of pilgrims getting killed. late 1500s. Okay, again, not useful. (laughs) I don't need your timeline. Oh my god. I could go for a while with the Jamestown Massacre, which I think which is a Which never thing. occurred. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? I'm more certain of that than I am of any facts about the Jonestown Massacre, <laughs> which I have none. Okay, but there was a massacre. Uh, there was a million massacres. But none of them were Jamestown? I don't think so. Oh, now you're, now you don't think so. So a minute ago you were so sure. Oh, just, just like me. I don't know. Okay. Well... Jonestown Massacre. Let's see. What else? I feel like we have to be able to remember something else about this. I think it took place in the 60s. Uh, the 1960s. I could do Heaven's Gate. 
I would love to do that at another time because that one really scares me because the website's still active. The All Heaven's the pennies. Stop. Stop. All the pennies. It's so scary. A friend of mine whose name is Heather Shannon, mm-hmm. she was in Indiana this weekend and she went to the People's Temple like oh. zone and she was like, I couldn't be in Indiana and not take this extensive detour. And I, was I like, thought it was mm. in, I thought they all died in San Diego. I, who? Heaven's Gate people. Heaven's Gate is different. I know it is. Temple. Yes, Heaven's Gate died oh. in San Diego. Okay. She went to People's Temple in Indiana. All right. So, Jonestown. I think it They're took... They're coming for us. I know, right? They found us. There's a siren. I, again, I think it probably took place in Texas, and I think it had something to do with, like, a cult, and uh, the government had to go in with guns and kill everybody, and only the kids were left alive, maybe, or maybe they died, too, because I think that's what happened in Waco. Wait, so the government got involved? I don't know. It's a, it's a mystery, and it's history, so maybe we should find out some facts now. John, lay some facts on us. All right, should I just, I'll just do almost like bullet points or something, or should I start with the beginnings? Um, I don't know if that'll refresh something in you guys. Yeah, yeah. Start, start with the beginnings, beginnings and see if it refreshes. Okay, so we're going all the way back to Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, <gasps> oh. 1950s. Whoa. Wait, is so it People's cool. Temple? Yeah. Ah, uh, Heather! You're going to love this. Go for it. All right. So anyways, there's a... Uh, Pastoral figure by the name of Jim Jones uh, starts a movement. It's called the People's Temple. They shared kind of a biblical church and Christian revival movement. Uh, started off more as that than what it sort of became kind of a socialist movement and all moved more into kind of a Marxism and, like all and a communism. Yeah. Um, he gets more and more socialist and eventually starts getting members to sign over all of their possessions. Ah. The true, the true scam. Yes. This is what starts separating the true yeah. believers and, and the nuns. They choose to move the temple to, or to open up a part uh, as a missionary post in Guyana. Really? Where's that? Africa? That's in South America. Oh. No, it's in, yeah, Guyana. Okay, here's the thing. Gotcha. I've had like two glasses of wine. Yep. I just want to know about the I want killings. to know about the killings. Get to the massacre. Get to all the right. death. All right. I know you did all this research. <laughs> but like but like I just want broad some broad strokes, blood. If it bleeds, it leads. <sighs> Preach. Jason. Let me think of how to get there. Okay. Oh. Jim Jones himself and several hundred members migrate to this compound, basically. Where In hundred, South America. Yeah, where hundreds of people have already been living, but they sort of move all of their stuff. They do their thing. Obviously, they've got money because everybody signed all of their... Sure. Right. So the, and because they're living in South America. So everybody's in South America together. This is a terrible town. Joe's town. The forest. So by 78, there's about a thousand. There's a lot of propaganda within the group. The CIA and other agencies want to destroy Jonestown and break it apart. Meanwhile, he's talking about how the unrest in the U.S. has grown and grown and everything's just right. coming the apart in the U.S. Yeah. Don't go... Yeah. Because you don't want to go back to the no. U.S. Uh, yeah, he's basically saying that uh, there's concentration camps for people of color and the borders are patrolled by KKK and all of this craziness. Uh, obviously, it's the start of like Cold War type era of knowledge Panic, yeah. to, the, to the public anyhow. Just tell me about the murders, John. <laughs> Get to the murders. Has to come in context. No, we already got the context. Everything's terrible. 
there's a congressman, Leo Ryan, from California that gets called. And he goes to visit. He's like, I'm going to go with some... He goes with a lawyer. It's one of their lawyers. And uh, some people from the press and some family members that want to go and see for themselves. Like, what is this Jonestown? Are my family members safe? Are they being brainwashed? So they go. Uh, initially, they're not allowed assets. They weren't invited there. They're just going. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, they weren't granted assets. Eventually, everybody gets to go in. And at this point, it's nighttime. They go in. There's sort of a party. There's music. Thing, they're interviewing people, talking to people. Everything kind of seems A-OK. And then some notes start to get passed around or start to get passed off. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Yeah, start to get passed to the congressman. Notes saying, help Notes saying, get me yeah, out of please here. help us. We want the hell out of here. Please take they, us they, home. Yeah, obviously these people couldn't have done this on their own. They couldn't just run off into the jungle for hundreds of miles. Right. They, would have been hunted. Yeah. they need to be they escaped. Wouldn't have survived yeah. anyway. They need to be rescued. Fast forward to the 18th day of departure. Obviously, he had spoken to Jim Jones about like any of your people who want to leave. I'm taking them with me. At this point, it's like five people. Uh-huh. Fine, you know, that's that's understandable. Do la dee, do la da. They're acting like they're going along with Jim it. Jim was cool with it. He sort of acted like he was cool with it. Obviously, he's got a thousand people there. He can lose five. Okay. Seems okay. Meanwhile, he's actually living. Slowly but surely, on the day of departure, as they're getting in the truck, and as that is getting together and people are packing their things, they realize that there's more than could fit in the small planes. It just starts adding on. People yeah. at the last minute are like, okay, I'm out of here, I'm out of here. And they realize at this point, this is going to be way more people than we can fit on these two planes. Mm-hmm. So Ryan and another gentleman, congressman, decide to stay back and like we will help you know process the rest of the defectors that want to go. You guys go. Take this whole truckload of people. Get them out of here. I'll stay another day. Planes will come back. We'll do the thing. Right as soon as the truck's driving away with people, someone holds a knife to his throat and like, <gasps> basically tries to kill him oh, for geez. aiding yeah. this defectorism. First plane, smaller plane, takes off, and one of the gentlemen that's a defector pulls out a gun, just trying to shoot the pilot and everybody in the plane. It's like taking off yeah. in the air. Uh, anyway, they disarm him and they get away. The second plane, the larger plane, is loading up with people like another handful of people and uh, all of a sudden a tractor pulls in front of it so it can't take off down the runway right as the last people are loading on anyways they're about 30 feet away they just start shooting they shoot at they're trying to sh- shoot and kill everybody who's but, shooting uh these are obviously like people in the plane it's or basically on the security detail on the ground of jim jones okay. show up like okay. on a tractor with a trailer with just like oh, dudes. oh i see yeah there's okay. like a like a handful of dudes with machine guns just yeah. fucking like firing away at people so they're just slaughtering people what was meant to happen was that the small plane would be up in the air when this would happen and it would crash and then there would be no stories yeah all of these people would get slaughtered there would be no stories Nothing, you know, nothing's getting out. Oh, about. so the defector who pulled the knife in the plane, he was planted Absolutely. to suicide. He was planted by Jim yeah. Jones. Once you're in the air, do it. To you suicide, guys drop. You the die. Train. The other plane, shoot them all. Nobody knows anything about what's actually happening here. Uh-huh. We'll make it look like something else. Do a D. Jones knows at this point that what's really happening is going to come out with some of the defectors on the plane. So he's gone into code blue and is called for the ultimate measure which is mass suicide of him and all the rest of the people there he wants all of his security detail to come back and take part in that and to hold people and make sure that they do it oh jeez and uh he's got a lot of drugs there 
He's got a bunch of potassium cyanide on hand for cleaning gold, supposedly. Anyways, they make what's, what we now know is called the Jonestown Punch. It's Kool-Aid mixed with potassium cyanide, sedatives, tranquilizers, everything that they had. Yeah. Uh, they start with the kids. Oh, and gosh. they give them the formula first. And then all of the willing adults. And then some people had to be injected with it. Uh. All in all, 900-something people obviously dead. Obviously, he was saying, you know, we're not going to commit suicide. Uh, we're committing an act of revolutionary suicide, protesting, you know, the conditions of an inhumane world. Um, this is sort of the reason for it all. Wow. That's exciting. Well, that was a good history like or mystery. Mom. I think that we got some good key points right. I said 60s. I said Kool-Aid. I said Texas, which was wrong, but I knew it was some sort of cult situation. Yeah, no, you were on the point with the cult you situation. You mix it into the uh, Branch Davidian. Yes. Uh, hmm. yeah, obviously, much later. Yes. I can't believe I didn't know all these details. I do love a good cult mystery. And this is a good one. Yeah. It is. Well, this and, is, also, this my, is actually and the... also my friend Heather Shannon was like all about the People's Temple. Yeah. So... So I was how stumped. was your wine again? I would love to discuss the Jamestown Massacre. <laughs> there is none. Pocahontas. Hang on, let me Google it. Jamestown Massacre. No. Wikipedia. 1622. Jesus. <sighs> Captain John Smith. I feel like that really is your wheelhouse, that century, that era. It totally is. <laughs> it totally, to a lot about it totally is. Yeah. The Pohontan Indians grabbed any tools or weapons available and clean, killed all English settlers and including men, women, and children of all ages. All right. Thank you, John. Indeed, indeed. Yes, as always. Excellent. You're you're thorough. You're yeah, thorough you're a historian. Your notes really tell the history here. A scholar of Wikipedia. We look forward to the next time you join us on very yes, very History yes. or Mystery. So, we recently learned that most of our listeners don't listen to other podcasts. Which is hard to believe, considering how awesome podcasts are and how many we listen to every day, which is a lot. Yes, but also easy to believe, because, you know, why Why would you listen to another yeah. podcast? No, there are no other podcasts. T- take back what I said. Um, and so, we wanted to, A, uh, teach everyone how to listen to podcasts. Yeah, very helpful. <laughs> Uh, tip A is use a app to listen to them. If you have an iPhone, the a- podcast app that's built in is great. You can search for podcasts, hit subscribe, and uh, dig in. And you can unsubscribe at any time, so it's really easy to figure out what you like. Um, if you have a different kind of phone, um, there's all sorts of services that have great uh, apps like Overcast, etc. Um, and... You can find pretty much anything on any of those podcasts. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so we want to start introducing uh, some of our favorite podcasts every week to entice you into listening to something of a slightly lesser quality than this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you have to listen to something else, maybe you'll choose one of these inferior products. Um, so, uh, Amanda... Yes. What episode would you like to share? So this is a little tiny clip from the Reductress podcast. I will say that when I was listening listening back, I realized it was a bit more racy than I remembered it being the first time around. So, uh, which is very much like Reductress online, which again is sort of like the onion, but for women. 
So I would say don't listen to this around small children or your parents or, you know, anyone who might be offended. But I think it's a very funny show, even if you can look past the kind of racier bits. So um, every single episode, they make up different segments, which they range from something as silly as, um, um, can I ask you a question really quick, which is one of their ongoing segments, to this segment, which I think is so funny. And it's where they bring up an awkward topic and they have to say like what they think about the awkward topic. And they call it Aki Toppies. Right. And they sing a song. All so, right. All right. Aki Toppies, Aki Toppies, name a toppy that is Aki. When you have to quit a job or break up with someone or end a friendship. Ooh. Oh, yeah. At my last job, when I was investigatorily working at that quarry, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? This isn't working out, even if there are slaves here. And they were like, we never hired you. Stop sunbathing in the quarry. This is a dangerous work site. The union's getting upset. And I was like, so there is a union. And they were like, it's none of your business. And at that point, I knew there was just no story here, except maybe the sexism I faced. Hmm. I've broken up with literally every person I've ever met. That story made me forget exactly what the Akitapi was. Oh, um, ending, uh, <laughs> ending relationships or relationships. Oh, job friendship. Yeah, how does it work out if, like, two people who meet at the Cotillion, like, don't like each other? Oh, yeah, it's unfortunately that they are bound for life. So, uh, there is no saying goodbye. Which is beautiful in its own right. Never, ever getting to say goodbye. Aki Toppies, Aki Toppies, name a Toppy that is Aki. Anyway, you get the idea, but it's it's very silly. Who was the voice that was like the old lady explaining oh, the rules of Cotillion? So every episode they have a guest come on, okay, and um, most often the guest will pretend to be another character. Uh-huh. So this was, and they always get very convoluted, like an SNL skit that just goes off the rails uh-huh. eventually. So this is someone, a woman who um, ran Cotillions in the South, apparently, but okay. is actually, you know... Um, Actress and comedian Katie Hartman. So, got it. Very funny. Cool. Um, I like that. It does sound a little bit like our podcast. And yes, I would say that it is the closest thing to our podcast, except ours is not quite satire. So. No, ours is real. And when I say, um, can I ask you a question? I know it's a real question. And our like, Aki toppies are where very do I get Aki. keys made? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, What's your podcast? Okay, so my podcast is a little bit of a different flavor, mm-hmm. um, and not as funny, sadly. It's called Embedded, uh, and it's by NPR, and it's very fancy and nicely produced. So, I mean, nothing like the 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 closet quality of ours, mm-hmm. um, but it does in depth news investigation, and each each episode is its own news story. And there was one they did a couple weeks ago on El Salvador and the gangs that are basically taking over the country. And it was really heartbreaking and really interesting. And one thing I love about podcasts is, and I think I talked about this when we talked about Serial, but I love that you actually get a kind of firsthand perspective on other cultures and other hardships. And it really makes it a lot more real mm-hmm. and easier to wrap your mind around though heartbreaking so this episode is about the gangs in ecuador and the reporters are there during a time when basically uh there have been these mass killings of bus drivers and it's the it's assumed that it's the gangs and they're doing some sort of um 
stand where they're basically threatening all bus drivers. And so the buses have stopped um, and the city is in total chaos. The gangs are basically getting their way. And where are we going now? What's the first thing? El Salvador del Mundo. We're going to uh, El Salvador del Mundo, which is like a really big bus terminal. Like the main bus terminal in the city that people use to get to work. So they're basically listing all the routes that are just that are not working. Yeah. Okay. We are outside. This is like a big bus stop area. But there are no buses running. None. This is a place where hundreds of buses would normally be running. So there's like pickup trucks pulling up, and then people are just piling into the back of these pickup trucks. Like a lot of people. Wow. There goes one. Oh my God, so many people. The, the back of that truck is just dragging. There's at least 25 people on that one. This one's got 50 people on it. Squeezed on, barely hanging on. Jasmine talks to a guy who works as a mechanic. He works in a motor company in the stadium, and he said, we're, we're fucked, and we're tired of this situation. We need something to, something's got to give. And then his pickup truck pulls away. They just keep piling on truck after truck after truck. Every pickup truck that pulls up fills up with people. We watch hundreds of people do this. And Carney, our photographer, wants to take more pictures. So Jasmine and I get into the car with Roberto. Hi. We've been wanting to ask him about the bus killings and how they're affecting him. And also, we want to know why he's still working with us when things are this bad. He reminds us that we can't use his name, but he says he's okay to talk on tape. So I, it does affect me, though, to see so many drivers and so many people forced El país a doblegarse por medio de la sangre. To, to bow down to these demands, but by way of blood. We ask Roberto if the gangs have ever targeted anyone he knows. And he tells us this story about a friend of his daughter. Hay una historia de, de una niña que, a girl who's 13 years old. Una, una madre soltera. The mother lived in a neighborhood that was controlled by a gang. At one point, the gang said the mother had to do work for them. They said if the mother didn't do it, they would kill her daughter. So the mother started working for the gang, or collaborating, as Roberto tells it. And then one day, a gang member really liked the 13-year-old daughter. The gang member told her, I want your daughter as a girlfriend. And the lady said no. She said, I'll collaborate you, whatever you want, but don't touch my daughter. So the gang member insisted and said, if you do not collaborate, I'm going to kill you and the girl's grandmother. So the girl was forced to marry the gang member. Now she's 15. She's about to have her second child. They ruined her life before she was 18. Now she has two kids. She's the wife of a gangbanger. He beats her. He beats their children. He forces her to take drugs. 
she was got involved in a dark, dark world without asking for it and without deserving it. It's very difficult. And like her, there are so many. It's hard living surrounded by so much violence. Llegar una noche a mi casa y decirle a mi hija y me pregunta a mi hija, papá, cómo te fue? And to get home at night and for my daughter to be like, Dad, how did your day go? Porque estoy de regreso, no me pasó nada. And to have to say, I had a good day because I got back home. And nothing happened to me. And have to hide from my daughter. When she says, so tell me what you saw. And to have to say, I saw five dead bodies today. Can't tell her. And so I lie to her. And I say, we went to the beautiful beach. And we saw a beautiful mountain. Even though she sees the television. No me gusta que ella esto. I don't. Para mi vida es I don't todo. like her absorbing all this. My daughter is everything. So, yeah. That's some heavy stuff. Uh-huh. And I just, I mean, I've read news stories for years. Probably not as many as I should, but enough that I felt like I had at least some idea of what was going on in the world. And then to hear the voice of someone and to hear the sounds of panicked people and the actual circumstances of what they're having to do, you know, even still having to go to work when there's no buses because the bus drivers are being murdered. Um, it just gives me a whole new perspective on the struggles of my life here. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that it's a good dose of um, reality and gives me uh, something to, to hope for. Well, yeah. So. Good. I'll have to check that one out. Yes. Embedded. Yes. From NPR. Uh... It's time for joke life moments. No. Uh, yes. I can't think of any. But how can you say that? I know. My joke life moment is... <laughs> I don't know. You go. So I was at Costco with my friend Carolyn the other day. Um, and there was like a crate of mushrooms uh, on, you know, cheap Costco buyout sale. Sure. And I was like, oh, mushrooms. And I had been complaining to her about how I'd been eating, like, avocados for my meals because I was too lazy. And she was like, you should make mushrooms. And I was like, I do love mushrooms. And she was like, look at this giant thing. And I was like, I don't like to buy mushrooms unless they're sliced. Mm -hmm. And then she looked at me like... You were a bad person. Yes. Yeah. And she said... I've never bought sliced mushrooms. Well, of course, Carolyn has never bought sliced mushrooms. I could have told you that by looking at her. <laughs> so then I was shamed into buying whole mushrooms. Yep. Then rotted in your fridge. No, I sliced some last night. No, no, no. How would oh, you do you that? Because uh, shame is the most powerful feeling I have, uh -huh. Amanda. I'm aware. I've, uh -huh. I've lived with you. And I so, know. And so I was like, oh, I will slice these mushrooms and I will cook them. So I, I thought of a good one, actually, for oh, myself. Tell me. So I was at your house last week, yes. and I opened my door in the dark, and my my handle to roll up my window up and down comes off a lot, and you just put it back on and roll up your window or whatever. Yeah. But it came off in the dark, I guess, and I thought maybe it had fallen outside the car. I wasn't sure. 
Um, and I forgot all about it. Drove, you, you texted me. I drove home the next day and I, I saw it was gone and I texted you frantically seeing if you could go look and see if it was in the street. Um, and it was sweltering hot. So I sat in the hot car and could not get the window down. It was, my air conditioning doesn't work. It was very hot driving home. Uh, and then the next morning I found it on the floor of the car, like right next to where the door handle is. So my life is a joke. That is hilarious. My favorite part of the story is when you texted me and I went out to the street where you had been parked to look on the street to see if your handle was there per your request. And there was an orange peel. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I I mark my territory. (laughs) And I knew that I was in the right place. And the handle was not there because right. I knew the orange peel had fallen out of your car. Yeah, there's a lot of orange peels in my car. It's very much like a clown car. Mm-hmm. Except instead of clowns it's orange coming out peels of the and it's random peels. gym clothes and yeah. Alright, well that wraps up our episode this week. If you guys have joke life moments, please submit them. Your foot scared me. Sorry. I saw your foot come up the other side of the table and it was terrifying. (laughs) I could see how that would be scary. That's my joke life moment number two. I was scared by a foot. Ask me anything. (laughs) Um, Submit your joke life moments on our website, twogirlstalking.club. Subscribe on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Uh, That helps us um, get new episodes out to you. And it also puts a new episode in your feed. Um... We never want you to be without an episode to listen to. No, we want you to know as soon as it's live. You can subscribe to a podcast and it won't download all the episodes to your phone. So if you take too many pictures of your cats like I do and don't have disk space on your phone, it's okay. You can subscribe and it'll just come into your stream without you needing to download the episode. And you can listen to it streaming. Uh, So subscribe in iTunes. Please rate and review us in iTunes as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You can give us a five-star rating. That's the only rating you can give, actually. It may look like you can give other ratings. You can only give five-star. Otherwise, your account is flagged as spam by iTunes. So... Also, I heard this... I heard this story about the ratings that it asks you to put in a username when you make the rating. And you write your rate... You write your review... And then you enter your username. And if your username is already taken, they make you start over and you lose your review. So I'm warning you, I'm telling you this ahead of time so that you can avoid that, avoid that, avoid that. And you won't have to troubleshoot a bunch of usernames. Just choose something really, really random. Should I read one of the reviews? Yes. All right. This is a review review from our friend Bethany, who is in Turkey right now. Um... It says even in Turkey, she manages to do catch, her good work, catch the latest apps, and mm-hmm. write reviews. We're global, We're man. Uh, she said it's like being at a really fun sleepover. Fun discussions with chatty, entertaining, and informative hosts. That would be us. Oh, a sleepover. So sweet. Where we go to bed. I would love to go to bed. Yeah, let's go to bed. All right. All right. So thank you guys all so much. Yes. Wraps up another episode of Two Girls Talking. Yay. Aki-talkie, aki-talkie, aki-talkie. Last Sunday from outer space Was in a place prepared for me The great big ice cream Sunday from outer space I stuffed my face cause it was free And when I was finished Size was not diminished. The great big ice cream sundae 
from outer space was in a place prepared for me.